You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Is it holy? This is a question we got to understand. Understanding holiness in the Christian life. What is holiness? in the Christian life. Well, I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Pastor Todd Coconado here. As you can tell, I sound a little under the weather. I'm actually not at this moment, but was, but I'm a little bit hoarse because I preached three different times this last week. And so please have a little mercy on me uh, as my voice is still recovering. But I'm so thankful that you've tuned in today because this is extremely important. And I think this is going to help all of us as a litmus test, as something that we consider Anytime we're involved in a conference, a church service, a Bible study, any type of gathering in the name of Jesus, is asking ourselves, and if we do this every time, I think this will be helpful, is what's going on here holy? Now, does that mean you can't fellowship and have a good time and you know eat some food together? No, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking, but, but it could be, because if you're at a gathering and it starts getting unholy, you may need to exit that place, because we're supposed to be set apart, and it says, what place does light have with darkness? What I'm talking about, though, is not, you know, being a separatist where we don't ever mingle or interact with the outside world other than Christians. In fact, that's actually opposite of what I believe. I don't think we should live in a Christian bubble. And what I mean by that is that we need to know what's going on in the world. We still need to, we absolutely need to be out there getting the world saved, set free, healed, and delivered. That's the Great Commission. It's like our main mission. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is if you're involved in something, a conference, something that you've gone to get fed at this place. You've gone to gather in the name of Jesus. You've gone there to exhort, to encourage, to get strength in your faith, whatever the case may be. That's why we gather. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. So we're supposed to gather. We're supposed to come together. In fact, that's something the Lord tells us to do. But the question that I ask, and I believe the Holy Spirit's asking in this hour that we should be asking, we should be inquiring of the Holy Spirit is this holy is what's going on here. Holy, because there's a lot of people saying that it's a Christian gathering and you come together and there's really nothing that's glorifying God. It's, it's more a show. It's, it's, and this is something that a lot of people are susceptible to get pulled into, especially if they're newer believers that don't know the Bible. Well, there's a lot of showmen out there, a lot of show people. They're putting on an act. They're putting on a show. They're characters. And although we've kind of talked about this in the past, I want, I want to get into this. So what I'm saying is welcome to It Is Holy. That's today's broadcast. My name is Pastor Todd. If you've never tuned in, Pastor Todd Coconado, so thankful that you're here. And we're going to be exploring what the Bible, specifically the New King, uh, King James Version, that's where I read out of the New King James, says about holiness and how it applies to our lives as Christians. And we're going to delve into scriptures, and we're, I'm going to give examples to understand what God calls holy and why we are called to be set apart. So I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter 1, uh, 15 through 16. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16, it says this, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So holiness in the Bible refers to being set apart. It means to being fully dedicated to God, all in. I'm all in, not, not a little bit of me, not part of me. I'm all in for you, Lord, right? He's Lord of all. And it's not just about moral purity, but it's, it's being distinct from the world in our devotion, being distinct from the world in our devotion to God. In other words, people are looking at what we do, 
how we act, who we validate. You know, we talked about alignments last week, very important alignments. So holiness, I believe God wants, wants us to start talking about holiness again, because if, if the church isn't set apart, if we're not operating in holiness, then we're really not following the scripture and therefore we're not going to be a good example of the world. And that's, that's a lot of what's happened. So there's some Old Testament examples. I'm going to read a few of those. Exodus 3, 5, Exodus 3, 5, Moses at the burning bush. And this is what the Lord said. He said, uh, then he said, do not draw near this picture. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Remember that? So the Old Testament provides many examples of holiness from places to people to times. And it teaches us that holiness is about respect and reverence and separation for a special purpose. Christians being set apart means we're we're set apart, we're consecrating ourselves for a specific purpose, to honor God and to be a light to this broken world. And so that people can see, yes, there is a difference in this person's life because they have given their heart and their life to Jesus. They're, They're not just saying it, they're not just sayers of the word, they're doers of the word. That's extremely important. So Jesus Christ is the perfect example of holiness. Would you agree? I mean, you think of those bracelets and people wear it. Say, what would Jesus do? Well, what would Jesus do? In Hebrews 4.15, Hebrews 4.15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempered as we are yet without sin. So Jesus embodies holiness. He never sinned. He's the only sinless being, the only, the only man that was fully man and fully God that walked this earth ever that was sinless. He embodies holiness, showing us that it's possible to live in the world but not be of it. Remember when Satan tried to tempt him? He said, you know, get behind me, Satan. It is written. It is written. He started speaking the word of God. He started speaking truth. And what happens when you resist the devil? He's got to flee. So his, his life demonstrates how to balance grace and truth, and love, and righteousness. That, that very fine line sometimes of, of that, what I call a very, it's so sometimes it's like a balancing act. You got to have grace. You know, you don't want to be too hard on somebody. Uh, you don't want to talk about the speck in someone else's eye when you have a plank in your own. But yet there are times to call out things if the Lord leads, but then you do that in a godly way, in, in the conduction of how, you know, how you conduct yourself. You you do it in a way that's, that's giving glory to the Lord, no matter what. We're, we're to be slow to anger. We're to be uh, very, very long-suffering, you know, allowing people to, you know, it doesn't mean to be a pushover. It doesn't mean to be weak. We, we should have meekness, though, because the meek inherit the earth, right? The meek are the ones that the Lord is, is going to bless, and, and, and we're in accordance to the fruit, and you know them by the fruit. So let's, let's just real quick read the fruit of the Spirit, just so in case you never heard the fruit of the Spirit. One of the, one of the key factors in determining if somebody is holy or if you're at a place that's holy or if what's going on is holy is you look at the fruit. The Bible says, by their fruit, you will know them. So as Christians, we should always be discerning the spirits, testing the spirits, and, and looking at, at whatever's going on, whatever it is, a person, a relationship, a movie, a Whatever it is, and you got to sit here and say, is that, does this glorify God? Now, again, somebody argued me, and they said, well, if it's good, it doesn't always have to glorify God, but it still can be good. True. True. Something could be good, but not be from God. Some, something could be good and not, not quench the Spirit, not hurt the Lord. It's just, it, it doesn't have anything to do with spiritual, you know, our, our, our walk. I mean, for instance, like, you know, if I play a game with my daughter, 
you know, we, we might have a good time. There's not, it's good, wholesome fun. It's good. There's nothing bad about it, but it, is it glorifying God? Well, I mean, it, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. I don't want to over-spiritualize anything. In other words, like we're just playing a game, you know? So yes, something can be good, but not be God. But, but something uh, from God has to be good. Everything from God is good. So that's the distinction. There could be something that's good that's not God, but there can't be something from God that's not good. Does that make sense? So that's important. Now, here's the thing, the fruit. Let's look at the fruit. What is the fruit of the spirit? This is how you're going to test. This is how you're going to know. You're going to be able to understand, is this holy? That's the question we're asking today. Is this holy? So the spirit of God, the fruit of it is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't, I don't call the Holy Spirit it. It's a he. Holy Spirit is a he. So forgive me. I made a mistake there. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's go through these each individually. So love, love is that agape love. Love is the, the love of Jesus. It's a pure form of love. We, we love unconditionally. We're to love even our enemies. Doesn't mean we have to be a pushover. Doesn't mean we have to be weak. Doesn't mean that we have to be friends with them, but we do have to love them. It's a, it's a very unique characteristic of a Christian is love even your enemies. Very hard to do. But if you do it, God is going to reward you. He's going to bless you and it's going to show fruit to others. Now, again, don't be a doormat. Don't be weak. If you're in any type of relationship where somebody's taking advantage of you, they're mean-spirited, you don't have to be friends with them. Get out of that relationship. Now, marriage is different. And we'll do a show on that soon. We'll do a show on that soon. I'm not saying you got to get out of marriage if somebody's not nice to you. But there are certain times where the Bible does say it's okay to get a divorce, but again, that's not the show today, so we'll have to do that another time. Look into that. The scripture is very specific. But what I'm talking about is, is, is any type of yokage, somebody you're validating, somebody you're listening to, uh, conferences that you're going to, a church that you're sitting at, wherever the case may be, we've got to ask, is this holy ground? Is it holy? And so the Spirit of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit, love, agape love, joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength, okay? So we're supposed to, as believers, have the joy. I know a lot of people, they say, I don't want the joy. Okay, well, then you don't have to have the joy. But for me and my house, and especially for me, I walk in the joy of the Lord. I'm happy. I'm not walking around depressed, oppressed, sad, beat down, discouraged. Are there times when things happen that kind of push me in that direction? Sure. And then I spend time with the Lord, and I got to get recharged and strengthened in my faith. And thank God he does that. So love, joy, peace. In Christ, in the Holy Spirit, there's a peace that passes understanding. There's a peace that passes understanding. So when you're in the Spirit of the Lord, you have a perfect peace, even though you're going through the trial. I think of Jesus when he was in the boat and the waves and the sea was crashing and it was, it was horrible, but he says, I'm here. Lo, I'm here even until the end of the age. Did you not know I have all authority, heaven and earth? Why are you not trusting me? Well, Jesus is in the boat with you right now, no matter what. And so I pray that no matter what you're going through, you have the, the peace of the Lord. You have the joy. By the way, they're, they're kind of work together, the joy and the peace. And when you have that love versus hating everybody, and I, you know, I, I, idolization is not correct either. You shouldn't idolize anybody, put somebody on a pedestal. But you should love people. And that is something that shows that we are a, a Christian that's given to the power of the Holy Spirit, that we have the ability. When somebody's done something really mean and rude and Again, you don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to love them, uh, you know, in, in the world's stance of love, like where you, you know, friendship, you got to love them in God's love. And God's love is unconditional, but you don't have to 
have them in your life. You can, you can exit them from, you know, your life and from their life. Like you don't have to have them in your life in, in almost all cases, unless it's a marriage. And so, um, you can, you know, and some people say, well, that's hard because it's my mom or it's my dad. This is where we got to have the, the real patience and self-control. Oh, we haven't got to that yet. So let's talk about forbearance. What's forbearance? Well, for, forbearance is tolerance is restraint is self-control. It's very similar. It's forbearance from taking action. You have the ability to refrain from something. You don't, you're not out of control. You have control of your members and you're, you're given to the Holy Spirit. So even when you want to go crazy, you have forbearance. In other words, you have, you have the control to hold on. Not, not right. You're not going to operate in the flesh. Now, again, do all of us fall short of these at times? We do. Have I not loved my enemies at times? Absolutely. Come on. Can I be real with you? Of course. There's been times I've been very angry with people. I have to get the love of Christ for them. Joy. Is there times when I haven't had joy? Of course. I'm not sitting here like I'm holier than thou. I'm telling you what the Bible says. But do I have the joy of the Lord in most areas of my life and for pretty much most of my day? Yes. Because I've learned how to spend time with the Lord and get recharged. And that's the same with peace and forbearance. The next one is kindness. Kindness doesn't mean to be nice all the time. Some people confuse niceness for Christianity. There's time for a righteous anger. There's time when, when you have to discipline somebody and you have to be bold and, and tough. And so it's not always being super nice guy. But what you know, kindness is, though, is showing the other fruits that we just talked about and, and that patience and the ability not to lose control. And of course, there's goodness. You know, goodness just means generally you're, you're good. Now, does being a good person get you into heaven? No. Are we saved by works? No, we're saved by grace. But a fruit of being a Christian should be that we, we inherently want to do good. What about faithfulness? God wants us to be faithful. He wants us to stand the test of time, to finish well. And faithfulness takes a discipline. Then there's gentleness. These are all very related. Gentleness means you're not going to be harsh. I know there's some people that in, in the name of Jesus Christ, they're out there being so harsh. Well, that's not a fruit of the spirit. You're, you got a problem with your flesh. Because if you're walking in the fruit and the joy and the peace and the love and the forbearance and the kindness and the goodness, then you're not going to be harsh. So it's very important to be gentle. And without faithfulness, let's just be real, without faith, you can't even please God. So we, faithfulness is the currency. Faith is the currency in order to get the access. Remember that? I mean, without faith, you can't please God. How do you get saved? Well, you, you get saved through faith. By grace, through faith, I believe something that I may not have seen. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. And then, of course, there's gentleness and self-control. Self-control is very similar to forbearance making sure that we're able to control ourselves even when the devil is prodding and poking and trying to get us to react in a certain way. But we're not going to allow that because we want to exude the fruit of the Spirit. So this is the way that you test, is this holy? Is what's going on here holy? Very, very important for us to know this. And we've got to ask the Holy Spirit. So what does the Bible say about testing the spirits? How can we test the spirits um, to know if something is holy. Well, let's, let's answer that. Testing the spirits is to discern if something is holy. And it's an important concept in our faith. It's based on the scripture. 
And the primary reference for this is found in 1 John 4, 1 through 3. 1 John 4, 1 through 3, which says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you will know them if they're of God or not. It says every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. And I believe the spirit of Antichrist is rampant, especially right now as the birth pangs are increasing, as the day is getting later and the hour is getting later. So based on this and other biblical teachings, here are the ways to test the spirits. And this is going to equip you and it's going to set you up for success on social media, on who you listen to, on who you follow. Remember the fruit of the spirit. And every one of those is important, especially if it's a pastor or a preacher or a minister. They should exude the fruit of the spirit. Now, are they perfect? No. Do you got to give them some slack sometimes? Absolutely. But the bottom line is everybody should be adhering to the scripture. Number one, of course, is the confession of Christ's lordship. That's a no-brainer. The spirit that acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord who came in the flesh is from God. This is a foundational truth in all of Christianity. Now, here's the thing. Not everybody that claims Christ is saved. Not everybody that claims Christianity is of God because we know that many will say, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. And he will say, depart from me, worker of iniquity. I never knew you. So that's where we got to be careful. They, they may claim to be a Christian, but we have to discern that. So the, the number one is, yes, they have to acknowledge Jesus Christ. If they don't do that, immediately we know they're not of Christ, right? They're not of the Lord. But, but there are going to be some fakers out there, some false people And the Bible talks about that. And that's why we need to layer on these other additional things here. So uh, alignment with biblical teaching. Anything that contradicts the core teachings of the Bible is not from God. This requires us to be well-versed in the scripture. And where does that come from? Well, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. If you're taking notes, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Read that. We went over the fruit of the spirit, okay? And a a spirit that produces love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is consistent with the Holy Spirit. Is the person that's saying, I'm a minister, I'm a preacher, I'm a prophet, I'm your friend, whatever, are they exuding these things? That's a very important telltale litmus test for you to understand if, in fact, they truly are Christian. Promotion of righteousness and truth. Number four, promotion of righteousness and truth. 1 John 3 7 through 10 emphasizes that one who does what is right and loves their brother or sister is born of God. Spirits that lead towards unrighteousness or deceit or division are not of God. But I want to be careful here because some people are calling things division that actually aren't division because the person who's having the the storm around them, it could very well be that they're not walking in the fruit of the spirit. So when you're not, when you're walking in the anti-fruit, or there's areas of leaven or compromise in the ministry or whatever it is that you're doing, then that could uh, inherently cause what looks like division, but it's actually just unruliness. It's, it's, it's chaos. And the reason why there's chaos is because a double-manded mind is unstable in all his ways. Does that make sense? So if there's, if there's a ministry or something that you're seeing where there's constant chaos around there, and you might be thinking it's people causing division, but you got to ask yourself, is the leader, the head of that ministry, are they teachable? Are they accountable? Are they doing what the scripture says? Are they exuding the fruit of the spirit? If they're not, then it may not be somebody causing division. It may not be, it may be their own. In fact, it is probably their own behavior that's causing the uproar and the, and the confusion there. 
So number, uh, number four was promotion of righteousness and truth. And again, with spirits that lead towards unrighteousness or deceit are not of God. Number five, very important, consistency with character of Christ. Consistency with the character of Christ. Any spirit uh, or teaching should be measured against the character and teachings of Jesus Christ as revealed in the Gospels. And you can look at Philippians 2, 5. Philippians 2, 5 for that. Edification of the church. Edification of the church. The spirit that works for the edification, unity, and growth of the church in love is from God. That's Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Then there's the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. For those who are believers, number seven, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. For those who are believers, the Holy Spirit within them bears witness to the truth. As Romans 8, 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So to test the spirits, one must be grounded in the truth of Scripture we got to discern the fruits and the outcomes of the spirit or the teaching in question and rely on the inner guidance of the Holy Spirit. And this process helps Christians to discern what's truly holy and from God. Amen? Okay, the last things I want to cover today is holiness in our daily life. Holiness in our daily life. So, Romans 12, 1 through 2, Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Holiness isn't just for special moments. It's a daily commitment. So I want to talk about some practical ways to live out our holiness in everyday situations, our jobs, our relationships, all of our choices. What are some practical ways to live this out, okay? Now, as I go over these practical ways, and we only have a few more minutes here left, for practical ways to, to basically walk out holiness, you got to think about, is the person, the, the ministry, the church, whatever it is that's in question that you're testing, do they exude these things? Okay, does the person do these things to your knowledge? Do they have daily prayer and scripture reading? Well, anybody who's in holiness would probably be doing that or at least desire to or do for the best that they can. Now, I know your life gets busy, my life gets busy, but every day we should be in prayer and we should be regularly engaging in prayer, having a two-way conversation with God and reading the Bible helps us. That's how we grow to align our thoughts and actions with God's will, to know him deeper, and it fosters a deeper relationship with God and the understanding of what holiness is. We should have a life, lifestyle of worship and also regular fellowship, some type of fellowship with other believers to sharpen each other in our faith, to be iron, that's sharpening iron, and we should come together and worship, and we should also worship on our own. We want to be servants. We demonstrate the love and service to others as Jesus did in a practical expression of holiness this can be through volunteering at your church this can be helping people in need or simply being kind and generous in your daily interactions and also you got to support people who are doing those things like churches you know that's why tithing is important uh practicing forgiveness is important i could do a whole show on that but we should follow christ's example in forgiveness pursuing purity in our thoughts and actions striving to be morally pure and you know to take every thought captive very important have self-control, 
Exercising self-control is practicing that in all areas like anger, speech, eating, posting online, uh, your interactions with others, the way you operate, you got to repent if you get out of order or you do something foolish. It involves making choices that honor God and reflect his character. Uh, We got to speak truth in love. We communicate truthfully yet lovingly in our interactions and with others, and that reflects a balance of grace and truth indicative of a holy lifestyle. Uh, We got to be a witness to non-believers. We got to share the love and truth of the gospel with others in a respectful and loving manner. And the key aspect of living holy is actually living what you say. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just saying it. You got to live it. Uh, Number nine, stewarding your resources. Be responsible yet generous in your use of time, talents, finances. Let it all be for God's glory and for the good of others. And this demonstrates a life that's set apart to him. We got to have regular self-examination and regular repentance. We got to take time to reflect on our life. We got to confess our sins and we got to make the needed course corrections and changes. And this keeps a believer aligned with God's standards of holiness. Living out holiness is about embodying the character of Christ every day. It's not about achieving perfection. But it is about growing in godliness and reflecting his love and his holiness to everybody around us. Did you get something out of this? I hope you did. I'm going to end it with this, okay? I'm going to end it with this. We've got to understand that holiness has to be a daily thing. And we've got to ask ourselves and ask others, is what you're doing holy? You know, if you've if you got a child that's under your tutelage as a parent looks up to you, following you, watching you, you're teaching them. We've got to ask ourselves, is what I'm doing holy? And we got to teach them what's holy. And if they're doing something, we've got to ask them to ask that question. Anybody that that's wants to grow deeper in Christ should be asking the question, is this holy? And if it's not, why am I engaging it? And, you know, there could be something good. Like I said, playing the game with my daughter. That's fine. I'm talking about big things here. Or you're going to a you know a conference that you keep attending, and it's kind of a little bit weird or something. You got to ask yourself: Is this holy? Is what this pastor is allowing in this place holy? Is is he operating in holiness? Is she operating in holiness? We want to make sure we ask the question as a believer every day of our life: Is this holy? Because God cares about holiness. Amen. All right, friends. Hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. This is the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as the Remnant. You can find us all over social media at Real Todd Coconado Facebook and, of course, everywhere else, Rumble, YouTube, we're on the podcast platforms and at PastorTodd.org. That's PastorTodd.org. We love you and we bless you.